everyone, so it's Jamie here doing my first podcast. Um, you might know me as the triathlon nutrition coach on various social media channels um, and my world famous emails which go out three or four times a week um, to triathletes all over the world. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that to be honest, that's something that I've built up over the years and get a lot of contact with a lot of people and I've been meaning to do a podcast for a while um, just to kind of spread the message a little bit more and I quite like talking if I'm honest. My wife often tells me off, says you do too much talking, you need to shut up, I can't get a word in. So I thought well you know she won't listen, might as well see if I can find somebody else who does. Hence here I am. Anyway so the purpose of the podcast as with all my sort of material, I guess, is to kind of put out some helpful information um, and hopefully allow you to make some progress towards your goals, whatever they may be, with regard training, racing, um, getting fitter, getting leaner, uh, getting faster, being healthier, being happier, all of those things. Um, And I guess the reason I'm starting this now is that, well... We're in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic or pandemic. And um, so I'm at home a little bit more, got a little bit of time on my hands. So I thought I've got to make the most of it. I keep telling other people they've got to make the most of it and uh, get in control of their diet and training, etc. So I thought I've got to make the most of it as well and put out some more material. So here I am. Anyway, so this first podcast is going to be the first of two. Um, not that I'm self-obsessed or anything, but I thought it'd be quite a good idea to kind of introduce it with a bit of information about me, a little bit about my past, how I ended up where I am. Um, And so you know me, basically, and some of you may already know me from other stuff I've put out, but no harm in listening again. And uh, I like telling the stories, to be fair, because I think it's quite interesting. So basically, how did I end up doing this? It all began because as a kid, I was I was a bit fat, um, to be honest. I think as a young kid I wasn't, but um, I got asthma when I was about eight, nine, something like that. And it ended up being pretty bad. I, I've never felt so ill in my life. I Genuinely not being able to breathe is one of the worst things ever. And, you know, with this coronavirus business at the moment, you know, there's obviously a lot of people going through similar, if not worse, things. Um, and having experienced asthma as a kid, it was horrific, scary to be honest. Um, and and luckily I was never like hospitalised or anything, but I was I was very ill, couldn't walk. I remember not being able to walk up up three stairs that we had in our house. Um, I had to get carried. It was horrible. Anyway, basically then I got prescribed various medication, some inhalers, steroids, and uh, to help kind of settle that down. And. My mum reckons that that's when I started to put on weight. Now, whether that was down to the to the inhalers, the medication, or or the fact that I was just greedy, <laughs> I don't really know. But I have always been greedy. So um, around about that time, coincidental or not, I started getting fat. Um, my granny and granddad also lived next door to us, and they were quite keen on spoiling us so they'd give me whatever I wanted basically and I remember once I ate that much that I was sick so I ate Jaffa cakes which were like one of my favourite biscuits and my granny knew that 
I drank a load of like fizzy orange and next thing I knew I was being sick and uh, obviously like any any sort of uh, any kid I thought well this is a, the, the good thing about this is I don't have to go to school tomorrow so I'm going to say to my mum um, I've just been sick I can't go to school anyway me granny and granddad had a word and said yeah he's basically a greedy little bugger couldn't stop eating Jaffa's and, and naked orange aid so you know I don't know whether any of you ever made yourself sick from food it's not a good thing I'm not proud of it but it shows an element of gluttony and the fact that I find it quite difficult and I still do to be honest to sometimes know when to stop although obviously now as a 42 year old man I'd like to think that most of the time I do know when to stop anyway so that meant that in my early teens I was overweight I always loved sport like playing football and all that sort of stuff useless at running because it was too heavy cross country rubbish played a bit of rugby bit better because I was you know I think they picked me because I was fat <laughs> and um, and back in the day that was a good thing if you're a rugby player in the early 90s um, and but yeah I loved sport always liked playing it and but yeah, as I say perhaps wasn't the best at it um, and in my teens so I guess then that sort of affects your confidence um, being overweight I had good friends and stuff but I used to get a bit you know bit of ribbing and one of my favorite nicknames from primary school actually was one of my best mates Dave he used to call me chief big tits because I had like I suppose a little bit of fat around my like, around my chest and we when we started going swimming with school um yeah chief big tits that was his nickname for me and I remember that very fondly because sadly my mate Dave is no longer with us um he got killed actually a few years ago in a in a uh, in an accident on his bike so yeah I remember it fondly now um, and he was a good mate of mine and at the time it was a, it wasn't very nice I didn't I, to be honest but looking back on it it, it was uh, it's funny and yeah um, but yeah so being a fat kid struggled with it tried to lose weight I remember saying to my mum not happy she took me to a dietitian that was like next to useless um basically she said I wasn't too fat um and I just grew out of it which wasn't what I wanted I wanted her to tell me how to how to lose weight how to get healthier and fitter um but she didn't do that and I sort of resent that to this day to be honest um she worked for the NHS she should have known what to do and she didn't help me um and my mum to be fair she tried to help me she, I remember writing out meal plans, and one of them, I just remember fruit salad <laughs> being on the uh, on the plan because I've always liked puddings, and I suppose that was a her way of trying to get me to eat a healthy pudding, um, which to be fair it would have been a healthy pudding, way better than what I would have normally had anyway. Um, so we wrote out a meal plan, and then my mum said, you know, every week we'll go and get weighed. So I used to go to this chemist. And I'd jump on the scales and try and lose weight. And it it, it worked, to be fair. Having that little bit of structure and accountability really helped me. Um, I remember my mum my mom saying to me, because um, I was greedy and I'd try and eat, she'd say, ask yourself, do you really need it? And I, and I still sometimes ask myself that now. And of course, that's not the problem. It's the fact that we want it. 
which makes it difficult. Most of us don't eat only when we're hungry. We eat for other reasons, which I'll talk about another time. Um, but yeah, so I did lose a bit of weight. This is in my mid-teens, but then obviously sort of 16, started going out to the pub. This is before you needed to be 18 to drink. <laughs> Although you did obviously have to be 18 legally, but you know, wasn't quite the same back in the day. So we went out a lot. I loved going out, loved having fun. Um, loved drinking, I suppose, and getting some chips on the way home and a pizza. It was good fun. But I suppose, if I'm honest, I also wanted to be attractive to the opposite sex, which I probably wasn't. Um, and not just perhaps because of my physical appearance, but also perhaps because I probably lacked that bit of confidence and it goes hand in hand, I suppose, at that age. But anyway, I wasn't motivated enough to do anything about it at that stage. Um, I used to go to the gym a bit in my sort of late teens. We started going to a gym where I lived in Northwich, Dave's gym, which was like a heavy lifters gym. And uh, again, went there with my mate Dave, who called me Chief Big Tits. And that, I have to say, that was an experience. I'm going off track here, but going to Dave's gym was an experience. Big, strong fellas. And when you went to Dave's gym, what would we be like 14, 15? We'd go in there, we'd do an exercise. Obviously, we didn't know what we were doing. But these big fellas, they would love to come up and tell us just how badly we were doing the exercises. And the, what, what they'd do is they'd come up to us and they'd go, you're doing it all wrong, mate. You're doing it all wrong. So we'd have like five kilos or whatever's on the on the bench press. <clears throat> so what he'd do is then he'd say, you're doing it all wrong, mate. He'd jump on the bench press, load it up with like <laughs> 500 kilos and then proceed to show us just how not only badly were we doing the exercise, how weak we were and how much stronger he was <laughs> and it was a funny funny time anyway getting back to it so uh, well 18 I went to uni fat and those of you who've been to uni will know that if you weren't fat before you went you're definitely fat when you start more boozing obviously not eating great food having to cook my own food which meant often not cooking it and just buying pizzas and chips and stuff. Um, put on more weight. But then I remember, probably by the end of that first term, so sort of Christmas time, I was like, I need to sort myself out here. Not only am I massive. Um, in fact, I'll tell you what really prompted it. I went um, with my mate Dave again, and we mate Yatesy, we went down to, to uh, Kent at Canterbury University to see my other mate Twiggy. And uh, we went down on the bus and when we were down there, we were at Victoria train station or Victoria bus station, I think I think they're both the same, in London, changing to get a bus. I think we got the train down, then we get a bus or something. And um, as a bit of a laugh, we decided to weigh ourselves in. And they had some scales there that you put 20p in or whatever. So we jumped on the scales to weigh ourselves and we all weighed ourselves and then I weighed myself. And I was like 14 stone four or something, which considering I'm now like 10, 10 or something, it's quite a big difference. Um, and I was like, shit. And obviously this is a great opportunity. My mates were loving it, laughing. That was massive. You know, 14 odd stone. They were all like 10, 11 stone, young whippersnappers. And I was like, this ain't right. Anyway, went, went and saw my mate Twig, had a load of beers, a load of shit food as normal came home and I thought I'm going to sort this out 
So I, I knew that I needed something to make me sort it out. And it wasn't going to be just dieting. I tried that before. Um, and I needed something, a reason to do it. It wasn't just about looking better. It wasn't just about pulling more girls or pulling any girls. It was about what wanted to do it for a reason. So I decided I wanted to do it for a sport. Um, and so I joined the gym. I got back into that, doing a few weights. Thought I'd just get myself up to some sort of level. Started doing a bit of running on the treadmill. And that was all, I was all right at it, but it was too heavy. But I started to lose some weight. And I remember talking to my dad, saying I need to do something. And my dad had always raced motorbikes and was involved in sport that way. Um, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something physical. So well, near where I lived, there was a rowing club, Northwich Rowing Club. So I got started there and so I'll go, I'll go and try rowing. I'd always fancied rowing. This was 1997, something like that. Um, went down there and they had a good little setup. And I got lucky, met a couple of guys who were starting as well. And there was some coaches who were working there who took us on, Dave and Walter both sadly no longer with us um but they got started and um yeah started rowing and a big part of that rowing training at the time and it's not like that now was running um now it's all on rowing machines but um it was all about running and rowers are usually quite big units and i wasn't you know like 511 um and I'd lost a bit of weight, so I was probably sort of like 12 and a half stone or something like that. Started doing a bit of running and I actually started realising I was actually pretty good at it. Um, and there was older guys there, like 40s, 50s, who were still way better than me, but I was getting, I was doing okay and I started noticing my times getting better. We used to do this loop, five mile loop called Harford Run and um, to get under 35 minutes was the aim. I think the first time I did it, it was like 42, so sort of like eight minute miles. Um, but then gradually, you know, time started coming down. I was like, actually, I'm good at this. Good at running. Um, and I liked it. You know, I liked the way it felt. I got used to it. I got used to the pain. I enjoyed it, you know. Um, and I was maturing, I suppose. I was sort of 19 now. Um, and lost loads of weight. So I went, probably within the space of three months, I lost knocking on for four stone, which is not something I would recommend. And it was partly because I, I did a lot of training. I was at uni, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, I didn't eat anything. <laughs> like literally, I'd hardly eat anything. I had no breakfast, minimal lunch, a little bit of tea. Just starved myself, but it fell off. Lost a load of muscle as well, obviously. Didn't know anything about that back in them days. So I didn't do it the right way, but I lost a load of weight. And that improved my confidence, started feeling better about myself. Um, and yeah, my life started to get better as a result and that was because I joined the rowing club and I got involved in structured sport um, <clears throat> so then I started doing a few races with the rowing club we, and we were quite good actually so we, we won our first ever race uh, which I, you know, really gets you hooked on it it's a great feeling winning and it was also a bit of a good social scene so I still like drinking and stuff so go out and have a few beers after and used to go away for the weekends, do races, camping in tents and they'd have a disco at the rowing club and stuff. It was great fun to be fair. Um, but yeah, big social scene. Um, and I suppose I'd always kind of wanted 
to be a bit more serious perhaps than the other lads to be honest um i remember deciding when i started rowing that i wasn't doing it just to do it i was doing it because i wanted to be really good at it um i can remember having that thought clear as day i suppose i wanted to row for great britain and be that good and go to the olympics and all that sort of stuff which i have not done i might add but nonetheless that was my ambition i wanted to do that and yeah i suppose aiming that high gets you maybe further than perhaps it would have if i hadn't have aimed that high but anyway really enjoyed it um and then a mate of mine a, a friend of a girlfriend actually not an actual girlfriend I hadn't progressed that far, but a friend who was a girl, um, her dad had always done, uh, he'd always been like a marathon runner. When I was at primary school, um, I knew this girl from primary school, her dad came in and he like took us running and stuff, Jeff. And uh, so we did the London Marathon when we were at primary school, so that must have been the 80s. It must have been one of the first London marathons. And I got chatting to him at some party or something. And uh, I think it was like her birthday or something. And he was doing triathlon. Um, and I knew about triathlon, but it wasn't massive then. It wasn't an Olympic sport. Um, so it wasn't anywhere near the profile it is now. And he was like, you know, have a go at that. And I was like, yeah. Because I'd always been half decent at swimming. And, um, my dad was quite good at swimming. And so he taught me how to swim. So I could, you know, I could do front call, crawl and, you know, with my head under the water and all that business. So I could already swim. My running had got good. I just didn't do any biking. Um, so I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. So he taught me into doing this. Um, in fact, no, yeah, it must have been around. And he, he talked me into starting doing a bit of training. So did a bit of running um, and uh, I had a, a road bike, which I say a road bike. It was my dad's bike. It was called a... a an Ellswick Mistral and proper old school weighed a ton gear you know changes on the frame at the bottom there and um, anyway messed around on that a bit didn't know whether there was any good at it but I think it was 2001 that I then actually ended up doing a triathlon with my mate's dad Jeff and um, which was the Friar Tuck Triathlon if any of you've heard of that and it was in it was run by Chester Triathlon Club which is now where I live in Chester and uh, it was in Runcorn and it was an indoor sprint standard sort of thing and uh, I remember rocking up and I was pretty fit at this stage you know I was from rowing mainly but I was feeling pretty good about myself rocked up saw all these people like on proper like time trial bikes I was like Jesus here's the Ellswick Mistral in the boot you know weighs a ton I can hardly get it out it's that heavy and um so I started feeling a bit like maybe a bit off a bit more than I could chew. Um anyway, I was how old was I been then? Twenty two, three, something like that. And uh so I was pretty full of it. And uh off we went and yeah, did quite well. It wasn't a, this was not a good event, let me just make that clear. But there were some good people who did it, as was often the case with small events, the top few were were, were quick. And I think I finished about 16th or something. And um, having never done one, I was like, bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? And Jeff was like, Jamie, you're actually quite good at this. You know, if you had lost, like like everyone does on the first one, two minutes in transition, you know, if you'd done it proper, if you had an actual bike that wasn't, you know, bloody made out of steel, you know, you'd probably do all right. So he was like, I think you should do triathlon. And... Uh, 
I was like, right, I don't really know now what to do because I was enjoying rowing. Um, but I also knew that at five foot eleven and sort of ten and a half stone, I perhaps wasn't that suited to rowing. Whereas at five foot eleven, ten and a half stone, someone who could swim, bike, and run to a reasonable level, I probably could do all right at triathlon. Um, and hence I was in a dilemma, and, but, <laughs> as is so often the case, we make decisions, maybe not for the right reasons, and. I was going out with a girl by this stage, like an actual girl, a real girlfriend, and she rowed, and uh, I suppose that meant that I carried on rowing, um, but I still did quite a lot of biking, swimming and running as part of my rowing training, because I really enjoyed it, I, was, I suppose I was quite good at it, relatively. Um, but yeah, I made the commitment to myself, I thought, I'll carry on rowing, um, and do a few triathlons in like the off season. So rowing generally runs from like October to July. So then I'd do a couple of tries, sort of July, August time, September. And and yeah, did all right, quite good. Uh, but with no specific training, it wasn't like now then. Obviously, there wasn't the internet and the plethora of knowledge out there that you can easily access. No no coaches, nothing like that. Just sort of basically. If you go out for a run, you do 5k in 21 minutes. Next time, try and do it in 20, 20 minutes and a half, 20 minutes, 30 seconds. And each time, just try and go a bit quicker, and that's how you do it. Or did it. Uh, no science. Um, <laughs> which is funny looking back. But anyway, um, so I carried on rowing and did okay. Um, moved away, moved to Nottingham, where rowing at the time was like massive. They had the Great Britain lightweight team training there. Um, and I was a lightweight, so I suppose going back to my original ambitions, I sort of had an eye on being part of that, although I suppose I wasn't good enough and I knew I wasn't good enough, but nonetheless I wanted to go, so I went. And my girlfriend was living there as well, she was at uni there. So I went and lived there and trained with these guys who were in a different league to me, to be honest, um, way better. Um, but putting yourself in that environment, surrounded by people who are on a different level, actually, at the time, it was very hard um, as a young lad. I remember turning up for the first training session and uh, they'd just come back from the World Championships, the, the senior rowing World Championships. And uh, I came down in a T-shirt that I'd won from Warrington Regatta, which is like not a great regatta. And I had this Warrington Regatta t-shirt on. I was like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing here? I'm surrounded by these lads all in the GB kit and I'm looking like a right loser. And I was late as well. I had to get down there for like seven in the morning and I turned up at ten past. Anyway, um, and basically we can carry on rowing, trained with these guys, didn't race with them, they were better than me. But I did okay, raced at Henley, which is like the pinnacle of club rowing, I suppose. Done that lots of times and um, really enjoyed it I had great times to be honest um, I think the difference between rowing and perhaps in triathlon is it's, a, it's obviously a much older sport so there's a huge history to it um, and as such there's events like Henley which are like you go to and you think bloody hell this is I, I am at the top of my game surrounded by Olympians not racing necessarily against them but surrounded by them um, this national kit everywhere, like real national kit. And I don't mean this disrespectfully to like age groups and stuff, but people who are 
in their 20s at the top of their game and you're part of that and it feels great um, and I loved it but still did triathlons in the summer um, just keep fit and because I enjoyed it really and I suppose what I found is that actually I was way better or way better suited to triathlon than I was rowing and that was basically down to my size but the rowing helped because it you know they're not dissimilar in the sense that obviously they're endurance sports they're aerobic sports so I had quite a big aerobic base and because I could you know swim all right run all right bike all right it transferred over actually quite well so yeah that's kind of my early days and my early part of the story um, and I'm not going to witter on any more about that right now. Uh, I'm going to tie things up and I'm going to do a part two, uh, which takes us into the next stage. But before I do do that, I just want to say that what I'm hoping to do with this podcast is actually get to talk and interview um, other triathletes. Um, and because I think that maybe... You, you know, your average triathlete, uh, maybe average is the wrong word, you sort of person who's out there holding down a job and family and, you know, striving for stuff, whether that be to do the first one or to end up at Kona or whatever, perhaps don't have huge voices. So I want to help. Well, I want to I hear the stories. I like hearing people's stories, how they've ended up where they are, what they've learned, mistakes they've made, what they do differently all of that sort of stuff and I think that's really useful content um, for you the listener and I personally find it really interesting too um, so if you're somebody who would like to talk and be interviewed on the podcast then get in touch with me um, on my email um, which is info at nutri that's n-u-t-r-i hyphen t-r-i try dot com which is my website. So my website is nutritry.com. It's a hyphen in there. And the email is that. Or you can contact me on social media, Triathlon Nutrition Coach, uh, Instagram and Facebook. And just slip us a message. Tell me you fancy getting involved. And uh, I'd love to talk to you and uh, get this podcast up and running. All right. So thanks for listening to part one. I shall be back with part two. And tell you some more then. Cheers. Bye-bye.